We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. At Overtime Ireland, and as always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime. Sean, you've had a, a busy week to a week and a half at this point with the draft coverage, with the articles up on site. I know you've been, pardon the pun with the podcast name, but you've been working overtime to get those uh, pieces out to the to the readers, to the listeners, and uh, they have been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, to, to check and dive into the work that you're putting out, including the kind of rankings or tiers for a company in those rookie drafts. But I do want to start off the show with something that we did tease last week. We talked about it as well then on the live draft streams throughout last weekend. But we had some contests over the last couple of weeks, and with the way the contest system works for us when we do the the reviews on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast apps it doesn't sometimes give us the contact information for the winner so a quick shout out here to our contest winner for that draft guide it is hands underscore and underscore franz and uh if you are the owner i guess we'll say of that uh, that review that was left on apple podcast for rotoviz overtime over the last week or so please reach out to me either via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com or on twitter at overtime ireland and we'll get that draft guide sent out to you and we did have a, a winner from our youtube stream as well it was josh McEntee. i have been in touch with him as well so we're getting him hooked up there as well so thanks again to everyone who listened if you haven't left a written interview yet we would really appreciate it if you do it does help out the podcast algorithms and helps us continue to grow the rotoviz podcast network and of course the rotoviz overtime community but sean we are going to have a fun show today we are going to talk dynasty startups particularly in the ffpc triflex leagues and how you can attack those but the things we talk about will also help trout any type of dynasty startup that you are involved in this offseason i know people are excited to get into those leagues so it's gonna be some advice that you are going to want to get but sean welcome back to the show i guess we'll we'll not forget that part (laughs) yeah and it's been a fun week as you mentioned, Ben and I yesterday actually went long. Again, we were kind of joking that we did the 13 hours live, and then we did two long pods during the week. So we must not have been too burned out. More excited, I think, is the actual 
state of things and we covered veteran winners and losers and one of the things was kind of fun we talked about some guys who were pretty clearly losers and yet would then actually fall into ranges where they could actually move back into your draft plan and it's kind of this weird dynamic where a player at a certain point is more or less undraftable because of what you're trying to do structure wise and just because of what the risk reward is at that price once they lose value then suddenly their contingency based say upside right is moving them to where at that price now you could put them back into your plan so we covered some guys like that those players are always interesting post-draft because they become targets even though they're losers and then i also should mention that on god has a cool article up on the site looking at veteran winners and losers from the nfl draft uh, his second article after a really cool one about lamar jackson so make sure you check that out but colin we're gonna be starting today with a piece that monty fawn wrote and uh, you know anybody who doesn't know monty is one of the best players in the ffpc he's got titles in redraft dynasty best ball he was the 2017 overall points champion in the regular season of the main event and i was fortunate enough to do a startup draft with him last year he talks a little bit about that and then he's been doing some startups this year i'm pretty excited because monty is one of the people i get to do a rookie draft with this weekend and he and i have like 14 picks in the first three rounds so we'll be able to get you know most of the favorite players that we want especially in rounds two and three but he's giving us some startup tips for 2022 and talking a little bit about how it might be different you know and then other ways in which some trends are continuing if you are a new manager and i would encourage people to get into this i mean it, obviously if you have the disposable income and you like dynasty this is a lot of fun right because you do get some cool prizes you're in this perfect format the triflex format as monty talks about because of the super flex and because of the extra flexes which you can then use at wide receiver, which is pretty fun. This is a great format. And I mean, I see offers and actual trades executed come through my email all the time on these. If you're looking for leagues that are active, the triflexes are going to. One of the cool things that Monty notes in this piece is that he saw 100 trade offers come through. He says he made about 50. There were 34 total trades. He was the partner in 12 of them i mean if that sounds like fun to you i mean if you want to play fantasy in a way that is very active give these a shot i mean it's a lot of fun i i did three last year and i have one with curtis uh this is a normal ffpc league also a good time and yeah i mean you don't get a lot more fun playing dynasty than this Colin, start us out here what, what's monty telling us that we should be looking for in 2022 so talking about the key things to know, I guess, heading into it, we're looking at dominating dynasty startups. And if we look through with this year, we've already gone through the NFL draft. This is the time of the season where people will be jumping into these leagues and getting their fill, I guess, of startup leagues ahead of then, you know, well, we're in best ball season already, but ahead of best ball and redraft season, this is the perfect time to get into these leagues. As you mentioned, Sean, when we look through it, some of the key elements are, the 2023 picks versus the 2022 picks. So at this point, we kind of know how the draft went. But even before the draft, we were talking about certain areas where the strengths may or may not lie. And people had been trading away 2022 picks throughout the 2022 season, but also in 2021. But with that in mind, the class next year is already getting touted. That's going to mean that those 
are going to be in higher demand than the 2022 counterparts and what i've seen in a lot of my leagues so far and we are going to talk at the end of the show more stuff that we've seen in our uh, dynasty rookie draft so far is people are uh, willing to give up those picks as we had seen previously so now when we're in those leagues there's a lot of difference in the value of the players that are going off the board but when we look at 2023 i think they're going to be more valued that's something that monty is talking about in this piece and you know you talked about trading back the other parts that he's talking about is trading back early and often any listener to the podcast will know that sean is well known for trading back in his startups and and his and his drafts in general and i think that gives you a big advantage not to trade all the way to the very back of these drafts but to trade back and, and pick up some of those extra pieces because when we are in these drafts you can evaluate the players we can know kind of where they've landed at this point we can think what was going to happen when it gets to it there's going to be a lot of situations where the more picks we have the better chance we have of these players hitting so i think trading back and, and getting that value as well is a, a big part of it and then he's also talking about this being a tight end premium format that you can wait on tight end that was the part sean i wanted to check with you because we obviously talk a lot about elite tight ends and, and trying to get them on our rosters are you still uh you know happy to be waiting on tight end particularly in these startup drafts well, the startup ADP is interesting in that Monty mentions that he took Mark Andrews at the 204. So he's not necessarily saying that you should, but that if you don't want either Pitts or Andrews, then you can wait a little bit. With the other guys at that elite area being older, it's going to allow them to fall. So you can still target them a little bit later. Kelsey and Kittle were fourth round pre-draft. Darren Waller falling into the sixth round. TJ Hawkinson is the other guy up there. I kind of like that value in the fourth round. Wouldn't mind pulling the trigger there. But then people are really trying to load up on these other positions. And so you have guys like Fryermuth in the seventh, Albert Owen in the eighth, Dalton Schultz in the eighth, Fant and Gesicki in the tenth. And, you know, there's guys in that range that are pretty interesting so dynasty is going to be a little bit different than if you have gotten used to playing in the best ball where because you need to have two good tight ends then they get inflated a little bit obviously the difference here the rv triflex format it does have best ball and regular going all the time and so if you're in a best ball league it's going to be a little bit different with both the quarterback and the tight end positions because you have to get more of them with how best ball works if you're in a standard one and that's still standard with super flex and the extra flexes but one that is not best ball then you can wait a little bit more on tight end call this question here or this idea about the 23 picks is an interesting one because we know that people are still trading those picks right it's not like you know they're they're gold to the extent that no one ever trades them you can't make any moves but you do want to understand that they're a little bit more expensive than the 2022 picks were at this point last year already at this point we had this idea that okay the 2022 class is not going to be that great now one of the things i would note here is that you do have players who emerge like a kenneth walker and a jameson williams that make the class deeper and at the same time with a class in the future you can have injuries that make it weaker and so you want to be a little bit skeptical about this idea that one class is going to be fantastic another one is going to be extremely poor but we have seen the general thesis 
with 2022 play out to where you get to about the the 110, the 111, and there's a, a four or five pick range in there that's a little bit disappointing. It's not bad. And one of the reasons why I say it's not bad is that once you get kind of into the 204 to 212 to really like 306 range, you're like, oh, these guys are good, right? I mean, you're talking about players that have some production that were drafted relatively early. You're talking about quarterbacks who could start pretty quickly. You're talking about running backs who were the clear-cut sort of handcuff with upside i mean those are guys who are going to be drafted in you know best ball leagues right i mean you're talking about the big contests that we have going the underdog contest the ffpc contest when there are players going in the third round who are very clear late round picks in what amounts to a redraft format a best ball redraft format then i mean those guys have value and so it's not like this class and those picks are useless but at the same time, the 2023s are going to be worth more. One of the things that he notes in this article here is that when we did our draft, we ended up with three 2022 firsts, five 2022 seconds, five thirds. And one of the things that I would really emphasize here to listeners who are kind of excited to go in and do this for the first time is that you want to trade back, not out. One of the mistakes that I see teams make teams that are trying to kind of focus on the second year or maybe even have even more patience than that and they're going to focus on the third year through infinity um, is this idea that okay, i'm going to trade out and we do see managers make trades like their fifth round pick or their sixth round pick for a future first and nothing and that you don't necessarily want to do one of the things that we were able to accomplish in our draft and i have to go through and look at the exact mechanics to figure out how we did end up with joe burrow we may have traded kind of back through a little bit or maybe it's just a thing where we we traded out of the first round and drafted joe burrow in the second and one of the things again last year that was just bizarre to me is that burrow was not as expensive as he should have been considering what his rookie season was like but we ended up with joe burrow so a foundation QB in Superflex, and we also selected 14 players in the first 10 rounds, plus all of those future picks. Now, the 14 players in the first 10 rounds, obviously the majority of those are like in that 6 to 10 range. And so you don't have much of anything in rounds 1 through 5, with evidently the exception of Burrow there. But that's a lot different than having traded out entirely and not having those picks because one of the things that we do know is that and actually the picks in the first 10 rounds in that six through 10 range i mean those guys are not necessarily instant league winners you know we didn't win the league and, and we're not pretending that we had a shot at that we were more competitive in some ways than we wanted to be and so you know we didn't get the one of the things that's also cool here is that teams actually have to try a little bit the the best slots that you're guaranteed for the future season are either the the 103 or the 104 right so you have a backdraw in order to win the sort of pick order for the following season and so if you are one of the two worst teams you get to buy so the worst that you could fall to would be the third and fourth picks uh, but you don't automatically get the 101 just because you have flagrantly tanked the whole way through in some ways it may actually be a little bit harder because then after you get your buy you're not in position to <laughs> to win the tournament there and, and get the 101 so something to consider from that perspective but if you have all of those picks early then 
you and by again early i'm a six through ten is early right then you're able to build this foundation for a team and then once you layer in those future picks your team gets very strong if you don't have those picks with it i was going back through and looking at this with monty yesterday as we planned for our draft on saturday which is today for the listeners then and the thing that i was saying is that we have what i would call seven foundation picks now you know you have 20 roster spots and you're kind of hoping that once you add those first round picks in that you're up to you know say 15 16 foundation types of players i mean that's where you're getting a team where it's young just explosive upside you have the different positions covered and you feel like you're about to embark on a string of maybe not titles but you know this combination of titles and runner-up finishes that type of a thing but again trade back and not out and understand that these 2023 picks are going to be coveted so you're going to have to give something up and you're going to want to be i mean it's it's sort of a fast and furious kind of dynamic and again that's one of the reasons why i think this is a lot of fun if this interests you because you do have to be very active make a lot of offers make a lot of counter offers be willing to work with your opponent you know help them accomplish what their goal is but don't give up obviously too much as you're trying to accomplish your goal and it's going to take a lot of offers and counter offers to get this done if you enjoy that part of it i mean it's so much fun because then you can build this kind of team that sets you up very nicely for the future Colin, you had mentioned the trade early trade often as one of the notes that monty made in this uh he says he got the ninth pick in some ways that's a little unfortunate because sometimes you can make your first kind of big move if you have the the one two three type of pick you can move back to nine and already pick something up but he, he draws the ninth pick he took justin jefferson he immediately put him back on the block traded him for mid-round picks that he also dealt away that was the question that i had for you was you know in these leagues i think a lot of times people think they've made the pick they have the player the player has to stay but something from talking through leagues with you over the last couple of years is get that player and then move back or even while you've dropped back like you mentioned with joe burrow and that selection moving forward again or moving back to, to accumulate other players as well is that something that you'd be recommending the listeners do if they can't move while on the clock that then they use that piece for for future moves and as i mentioned future <laughs> very quickly right right and it is an interesting dynamic because you always i think want to trade the pick instead of the player when you can because the pick is open-ended and it can become any player and so the other manager can jump in there and take the guy they want at the same time if you're not able to make that pick either because i mean people are doing other things right i mean you don't have all 12 <laughs> managers just sitting there like <laughs> sending offers and counter offers to each other and so you know you may get into a situation where you feel like you've been on the clock long enough and you don't want to slow the draft down or you feel like there is a clear guy in the fact that you have been willing to move is maybe a signal to the rest of your league that you actually want to reach here and that you're not going to take the best available player and they're saying okay well if we can stick them with their reach then that best available drops and that helps us and so sometimes there's a, a case where you're like you have to actually just go prove that you will, are going to take the best guy right and so in this kind of situation i mean justin jefferson at the ninth pick now granted the quarterbacks are probably still more valuable but i have him ranked about seventh 
in super flex startup. So to get him at nine, I mean, it's all in the range where it's not some kind of crazy value, but Justin Jefferson is a clear foundation piece. And so once you selected him, there's still going to be a trade market for him. It's not like everybody's like, well, you know, I can't use the, that pick on who I want to now, you know, no interest. I mean, you're going to get some offers on Justin Jefferson. So yeah, I mean, that kind of thing. And we do see that a little bit more often in these drafts than, than I expect where you can pick some players and then trade them. Ben and I got in a situation kind of in that four, five, six range last year where we didn't really want either Aaron Rodgers or Austin Eckler, but they just seemed to be so clearly the value when we got on the clock and we moved down a bunch. So there was, you know, there's always some pressure there from your league mates where they're like, we don't think you're playing for this season. So we don't think you're going to take those guys. And if you've acquired a lot of picks, I mentioned the 14 picks in the first 10 rounds of Monty. One of the things that we were able to do in, in all three of these main startups was to get to a point where we were making more than 10 picks in the first 10 rounds. It wasn't always 14, I think, you know, 12, 13, you know, something in that range, depending on the draft. But so you're accumulating the picks. And at that point, especially when you have some volume, you do want to take the best guys. And so Ben and I took Eckler, we took Aaron Rodgers. We retraded both of them, and I'd have to go back and look to see if, if we would even say those trades worked out. But we were able to get back out of those players because, again, people are going to want Austin Eckler. They're going to want Aaron Rodgers. You can make those picks and then still make some moves as the draft continues. Hey, Rotoviz fans. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal Rotoviz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRADIO2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year Rotoviz subscription enjoy the podcast we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
In the second half of today's show, Sean, we're going to talk a little bit about the Dynasty rookie drafts that we're participating in at the moment. You mentioned that you'll have some coming up over the weekend. A lot of my leagues are... Uh, they, they, they don't want to wait too long after the uh, the draft ended. Some of them actually kicked off on Sunday and then the rest of them kicked off on Monday or Tuesday. So been uh, true, most of them, I think I have one that's in the fourth round, but they're they're all moving pretty quickly. And sometimes it can be a case where you're waiting on to make picks and some of my leagues as well. Look, I can be at fault for that being with the time difference over here in Ireland. Sometimes uh, I need that overnight time to, to be able to make those picks. But um, with what we're seeing so far, I, I'm finding that, I mentioned this to you before we started the show, that a lot of the drafts are from draft to draft. The players who are going in the first 12 picks will be the same, but I find that then the order of the players from maybe pick 15, 16 through to know pick 25 26 they they're going in various orders sometimes in reverse order uh, it's changing very much from league to league and i think part of that is i would all and I, you may say something different in a minute i would try not to draft specifically for need i do think a lot of leagues managers will draft particularly to fill gaps so i need a running back here or i need a quarterback here at this point rather than try and take the best options that are available but um i think that then has led to a lot of players fallen into nice positions where i've been very happy with some of the players that i've been able to get and we've talked about it with pat earlier this week on the show and you've talked with ben about some of the players but the likes of you know rashad white has been in some nice spots at a couple of times a couple of the quarterbacks i've picked up in different spots um i'm finding it quite interesting and, and intriguing to see where things go and there's been a couple of drafts where i've been picking you know at the you know three eleven or two eleven, and you're like, oh, that player might be there when it gets to that pick because uh, <laughs> he was there in the other league, and then they they haven't been there any time at all. It's been been pretty much uh, gone. So, what sort of things are you seeing? Does that does that fit what you're seeing in terms of the diversity of the selections? Or um, the other part of that that I mentioned was teams drafting for need versus the best player. Yeah, I think those are good points. I'm in an expert rookie draft right now and one of the things that has been fairly cool is that the draft has transpired very similarly to what i had projected in my article early in the week and so that that gives me a good feel that i was more or less on how some of these guys were going to come on also could mean that everyone's reading your article and making their picks first off <laughs> right, pro- probably probably no um but i wanted to ask you colin because i think you've been in even more leagues than i have so far as you mentioned we have all these triflex leagues starting this weekend and then i have a ton of industry leagues starting on monday there are a handful of guys i'm, I'm pretty interested in so i, I want to kind of grill you on where they've been going in your drafts so the first one is Kenny Pickett. We have this very sort of clear-cut top six. Not that the top six couldn't occasionally have another guy in there. If someone needs a quarterback, Pickett could go. If someone is a Chris Olave fan, he could go. Well, let me ask you first. Has Olave gone in the top six of any of your drafts? So Sean, just flicking through the leagues here and looking at the the draft board, um, Olave has gone at between pick eight and pick seven in all three drafts so seven being the highest and sorry nine being the lowest so in that range right around there so not jumping into the top six which i i've got a a seventh pick in one of my key drafts and i'm 
desperately hoping that somehow Pickett or Olave will go in there and push one of the guys down. The second question I would have for you is, do people seem more excited about Sky Moore or Christian Watson? So just looking through the, the three different leagues, um, Moore has gone ahead of Watson in all of the three drafts that I've pulled up while we've been talking. Um, one of them, there's only a one pick difference. It's spot nine and ten. The other ones, there's a two to three pick difference in all of them. Sky Moore going at the 109, Watson going at the 112. Then I have another one here where I actually took Watson at the 111, but Sky Moore was off the board at the 108. So he's kind of going in that 108 to 110 range where Watson seems to be going in the last two picks of the, the first round in most cases. These are all super flex as well, just for people listening in. And then, Colin, what's the scoop with Kenny Pickett? He would appear to have a floor in the vast majority of leagues at about the 110. But if someone needs a QB, believes in Pickett, then you could easily see him go in that 106, 107 range. How was Pickett coming off the board? Yeah, and that's what I was kind of hinting at with the, the need part of it. He has come off the board between the 106 and 107 um, in all those leagues. That's why I'm thinking some of that's going to be super flex need to get those quarterbacks on board and, and other parts is going to be that they think it's a value there. But um feels like he probably should be at the 108, 109, but just going off a pick or two early in every case. Okay, and then... George Pickens, he's a controversial player. He went at the 111 in my league. I had him projected more at the 202-203 range. Ben and I talked about how he does a lot of damage to Chase Claypool, but is he also a player who's interesting in his own right? He he went off the board actually here and looking through them and a couple of them at the 111. Uh, so again, maybe people reading into the, the road of his rankings that Sean has put out, but did go as late as the 202. The 202 is the latest pick I've seen him going at. Okay, now we have Travis May's favorite player, one of Patrick Corrine's favorite players. We have the next David Johnson, right? Where are people willing to take the next David Johnson? Where is Rashad White coming off the board? I actually, I mentioned, I did get one share from these. I've only pulled up three leagues, but I have one share across the three leagues and I got it at the 202, which I thought was was quite nice. Um, but the other leagues, he's gone at the 202 and one, but as high as the 110 and another. So maybe some people are are getting that Kool-Aid from, from Pat Corrine as well to, to get him drafted as early as possible. But yeah, somebody who... Um, I think if you have an opportunity and you're on the clock, I think you pretty much have to take in that in that you know one two turn range. Is that still what you're looking at with them? Yeah, it's tricky because you're going to have to wait, and I think a lot of these guys are going to see their value jump his in the short term, and so it's a little bit of a matter of how patient do you want to be, how much risk do you want to take. I mean, there is a scenario where Fournette stays healthy for a long time and tom brady comes back for next season i people have different thoughts on this i mean my feeling was that once we had that retirement be so short-lived that i don't know i mean i get the impression that he's signaling you know like i'm, I'm just i'm, I'm not going to quit playing and so Ever. Ever. well i mean in his 40s right i mean i i guess i 
anytime that you've retired already once, I mean, you're into that situation where, you know, maybe you're more than 50, 50 to retire any given year. But I mean, there are scenarios here where he outlasts Aaron Rodgers. There are scenarios where he outlasts Russell Wilson. I mean, could he outlast Joe Burrow? <laughs> no, right. Don't even, don't even <laughs> mention that Joe Burrow's knee is going to be fine. He's going to lead the Bengals to multiple Super Bowl titles over the next 15 years even a few probably sadly at the expense of my Kansas City Chiefs. So no, not Joe Burrow. The it, it, It's a tricky question, right, Colin? Because you want to gain some exposure to a player that we believe has that level of explosiveness with that combination of receiving upside. When I mentioned David Johnson, I mean, the thing here is that this situation, and, and you could say that Leonard Fournette is coming off of a better season than Chris Johnson was when David Johnson was drafted in behind him. But I think it's easy to look at Chris Johnson now and be like, well, that, that dude was never that great. Right. I mean, he was tackled by the first defensive player that he encountered every time. I mean, if you got your finger on a shoelace, he would go down and forget the fact that this is a guy who's like got the, you know, yards from scrimmage record because, Every time you touch the ball, you're, it's a 70-yard touchdown and waiting. You don't touch his shoelace, he's, he's going to the house. He is, right. So, you know, if if you don't get any finger on him, then he will take it for that touchdown. And there are probably some other backs who are like that, but they're much easier to get fingers on. And so they don't have those long runs. So that part of it, I think, is interesting because there are some other picks in this range that you have to consider. Trey McBride went... Early in this draft, I know that he's falling in a lot of drafts buried there behind Zach Ertz. So he's actually got that vaguely similar problem to Rashad White, even though we know those two positions play out differently in terms of you know how those veterans are going to work, how the injuries are going to work. And yet, in many cases, it's still going to be a very similar dynamic. You have David Bell, who you know <laughs> could be the wide receiver one for Cleveland from the very first day i mean this is one where i was kind of checking in with a, a couple of our guys on my rankings i always like the staff writers to look in and, and say sean you know we think you, you missed an update here or i mean this ranking seems ridiculous just because it, it's great to have these other really good minds giving you a little bit of backup and, and having that sort of discussion about some of these players and, and the one that kind of jumped out and it was kind of funny. It was like the only one that you seem like you're not necessarily just off from the community on because that's okay. We know you're going to be not in lockstep with the community, but the one that just seems bizarrely wrong is, is Amari Cooper. And I looked at that, like you have Amari Cooper ranked in the 11th round and it's like, I just don't know how much I can move it up from that. But I mean, we have a situation with Cooper where he's clearly done, right? And I say that now he'll have a, you know, almost 2,000-yard season. But you have Amari Cooper who really struggled last year with the Dallas Cowboys, even with all of the rest of those guys in that offense drawing coverage. He struggled with efficiency in this electric offense with good quarterback play. He now goes to Cleveland. He's not necessarily going to have other guys to draw coverage. We don't know what the quarterback play is going to be like. The situation with David Bell is maybe a little bit different than the situation with Amari Cooper, because if you believe that Deshaun Watson is going to get zero suspension 
or even if you believe he's going to get a Trevor Bauer-like suspension, I mean, Bell will still be there, and the Cleveland Browns have put themselves in a situation where Watson will still be their QB. And so at some point, you're saying, okay, well, this is Deshaun Watson to David Bell. But David Bell, you're basically looking at it. This is a great situation. You know, when you're looking at a player who was that good in college, has really strong comps, and is drafted into an environment where he should be a starter, then you know, can you take a Rashad White ahead of him? There are some other guys going in that range where I think you can pretty clearly take White ahead of him if you want to, and that would be guys like James Cook, uh, John Mechie, Alec Pierce, some of these quarterbacks who may or may not ever start that doesn't mean that those are bad picks but i think that it's definitely fine to take white over those guys and kind of see how that plays out you know i could see taking white over Jahan dotson who's kind of one of the controversial players there where we know that he was good in college we know that scouts liked him we know that the commanders liked him and yet he's the prototypical guy who vastly underperforms draft position and he's in there with a clear wide receiver ahead of him and he has poor quarterback play now maybe he doesn't have poor quarterback play right i mean maybe sam howell's gonna win this job and in six months we're all saying well dotson's got the best quarterback of this group which that would be fun if i were wrong on Jahan dotson because sam howell is a superstar then i'm gonna be celebrating all the way to hopefully the bank but mostly just celebrating and we'll be excited about how that plays out. But I, I think that some of the thoughts on Dotson not quite getting the credit, there's a situation where maybe there's an over anchoring to the draft slot at that point, but, but there are a lot of guys in that group. And, you know, when we talk about, Oh, well, this is a, a frustrating draft class. It's like, I mean, you're getting a guy who was drafted like number 16 overall at the end of the first round or early in the second round. I mean, how, how soft could that really be? I mean, that, that looks pretty good. Right. You yeah, know, I think, and I think, I do think people are just becoming smarter too. We've talked about this with basketball or, you know, redrafting, you know, the dead zone and things like that. People are consuming more content. So they're, you know, becoming more aware of these different trends and then makes them better drafters when it comes to these rookie drafts as well. But a number of the players that you mentioned there, like Bell, for example, and McBride, they have gone off the board and, and the order of those three each time. So White, then Bell, then McBride. Now there is gaps between them but they have gone off within five picks of each other in those drafts as well. So there is a range. Now, also, I mentioned earlier, being super flex, these aren't tight end premium. So um, that would probably bump McBride up in those a little bit. But, Sean, that's some of the trends that we have been seeing over the last couple of days, and it'll be interesting to get your thoughts next week when we're doing some more shows. We're hoping to have Matt Freeman on next week to talk through some of these rookies, and uh, you'll be able to talk through your rookie drafts as well. So the other thing, Sean, I want to tease is up on the website, you have one of these rookies. Well, you have two names in the article that could potentially be the next Elijah Mitchell. So kind of a, a zero RB rookie superstar could be coming out here. So people love zero RB stuff. People love getting those values. So if you're in these drafts and you're late in some of these rounds, or maybe even they slide through the drafts and you might even get them um as even bigger values but head on over to the website sean has a piece up rookie draft sleepers the next elijah mitchell could be one of these deep rb candidates and i think you're gonna you want to read that because it could give you a huge edge come the, the start of the middle of the season this year in your dynasty leagues or even if you're looking at those waiver wire pickups and colin just to, to throw a little note in there i appreciate that tease 
both of these guys, I just watched highlights of them again yesterday. And people were like, well, you're watching highlights. I mean, they're going to look good in the highlights. But one of the things that really jumps out to you as you watch the different players, and we know that there are some very talented evaluators that spend their whole year watching the plays. They've got a little bit more well-rounded look at these guys than those of us who are, who are mostly watching the highlights. But one of the things that I like to do is kind of combine watching the highlights with the numbers because sometimes you'll have people tell you, well, you know, you can look at the numbers all day, but this guy doesn't have this or doesn't have that, doesn't have the explosiveness to play at the NFL level. Some of these guys, you go in and you watch the highlights and you're like, well, I mean, if these are the very best plays that they have, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by that. And so that part is frustrating. These two running backs are electric, right? And they're going to go very late in your draft. They're going to go very late in your best ball leagues. And they look really good. They tested well. They have big production numbers. They probably project to the NFL better than James Cook, who is much more expensive. Now, I say that as someone who was the highest within our, our Rotoviz rankings summit on Cook. And I think Cook is a fine pick. Uh, I could see a scenario where I took him myself. I like that style of player. I think the Bills offense is going to utilize him well. But one of the things that we're looking to do in these drafts is to figure out, I mean, is there a player that is almost identical or maybe even better who's going just 20 picks later? You want to load up on that kind of player because then when you're right, I mean, you're, when you're right on an Elijah Mitchell type player, you know, it's, it's like you get an extra first round pick in all of your leagues. And so being able to, Note the players who have some of that upside is very, very important. I'm not saying that these two guys are necessarily going to hit, but I do like them a lot. I also wanted to mention that Michael Doomer has an awesome article out on some of the time periods that are perfect for playing best ball. And with the underdog leagues that are going, the FFPC leagues that are going, you want to get in there and check that out and see if now is the time to win yourself 2 million, to win yourself a couple hundred thousand. Uh, I've started a league in underdog with Connor O'Driscoll, who we all know at the show here again, kind of a, if you can't beat them, join them sort of dynamic. Connor and I trying to win the $2 million there. We'll have more content for you on that on the site. And for those who are interested in joining us, remember to use the coupon code Rotoviz. When you sign up, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. And Zachary Kruger and I are getting ready to start an FFPC best ball tournament team. Uh, Zach and I were able to move out of the first rounder, move out of the regular season into the playoffs last year with one of our two teams. We're wanting to take that a step further in 2022. So we'll have content for you on that. Check out both of those formats. Check out the new underdog tools. Connor and I were playing with them yesterday. Just so much cool stuff in there. It'll, it'll blow your mind. Yeah, definitely check those out. If you want to check them out too, last plug for today, I promise you, um, you can get yourself a listeners-only discount of 10% off. And all you have to do is use the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout, and that'll get you that 10% discount and get you access to all of the content and the tools up on the website. That is the end of the third show of the week. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening in this week. We had Pat Crane on earlier this week. Fantastic guest. If you haven't heard those shows yet, head back and check them out. Sean and Ben had two great Stadium Bananas shows this week as well. So have a listen along the way to them. But until we're back next Tuesday with another podcast, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until next time, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.